1: Welcome, everybody, to this now edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and far in the distance to my left, Jean Victoria Norlock. (laughs) How are you, Jean?
2: Hi. I'm good, Rick. You know what? For them, I bet I'm not so far in the distance. Could be because me. I'm, like, right there.
1: Right when Their I was ears. saying it. Yeah, it was that, yeah, that's true. And <laughs> as soon as I was saying it, I was thinking, you know, I, I think maybe these days it's me that's far in the distance. But
3: I think it is. <laughs> Off
2: over there in those
1: over there jungle in the hills. Thing. And the, and you know, so, with monkeys. Yeah, and it, it does rain. And we're not really in the hype of the rainy season. We're we're in it for sure. <laughs> And it was raining well enough yesterday, raining hard enough yesterday that the satellite television went out because there was too much rain between the dish and the satellite. That's a lot of rain. Really only witnessed wow. that before at sea. I've never witnessed it on a land satellite dish, but boy it did it here. So uh yeah, we had we had fun yesterday. Pretty crazy. Standing water around and here and hither and yon and yeah yeah. It was fun. I'm glad I wasn't driving anywhere or doing anything important. You're going to have to start like, <laughs> stocking up in advance for well, in Houston we always kept hurricane supplies around during hurricane season and I, right. I think I think here in Costa Rica I'm going to have to have hurricane supplies around just for the regular old rain. <laughs> just
2: just for the days that you can't get out, right? And you know what, I mean that's one of the things that changed for me so much living here was that I when I was living in Longay, our food was, you know, the grocery store was right down the street. So every day I would go down, the I would walk down the store and get whatever we were having for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, not so much here. Not eh? so much
1: <laughs> so, in the mountains, not yeah. Not so
2: much out here. Um, you know, part of the vegetables I've been growing myself, although I haven't had super success with them, I've done fairly well for a newbie. Um, and other vegetables I get from local food stands and then meats and stuff. You don't, know, you have to go to like a whole bunch of different stores for everything that you want. So you shopping day is shopping day. You go, you get your stuff, you get your butt back to your mountain home and you hang out there for a couple more days and just be because yeah. you, there's no going to town every day. That's just ridiculous.
1: concept. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm about to abandon that practice of, of going to the store every day. Um, uh, and I live very close to the coastal highway. It's not a big, that big of a deal from here to get onto the coastal highway. And that's normally for most places. That's the big challenge is to get to the highway because off the highway, it, pavement is pretty non-existent. And um, as the rainy season progresses, those roads are just getting bigger and bigger canyons in them. But but it's fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. And I'm uh, sure. But, yeah, for those that wonder why the banalities, we're used to discussing current events, and now that we're doing this podcast thing, current events are, won't be current by the time you guys get the show. But.
3: Um,
2: well, there is one current event that, that doesn't have to be current, current.
1: Ah, that one, eh? I think we should. Well, don't well, you?
2: A little self promotion during banter time is always good for the soul.
1: Shameless self promotion. What It's one of my faves.
2: Okay, so um, just recently through Inner Child Press, you hear us talk about them all the time, uh, Anthology, their, their second erotic anthology, um, came out. It's August in the summer of 2013 that I'm saying this, but I'm sure you will be able to find it indefinitely uh, at various places, but certainly at www.innerchildpress. And here's the kicker. I'm in it. I'm not right. in it, in it. I mean, I wrote no, no. in it. <laughs>
1: she wasn't that's written funny. about it. She wrote in it.
2: Hot yeah, Summer it's Night. It's not erotic film, hey. people. It's not an erotic film. Um, yes, it's a different side of my writing. And uh, you can find my sensuous, spirituous piece of prose on page 102. 102. Very excited. So now that's book number
1: five. Book number five.
2: Five. Is that five?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's five. It's five. Wait, weren't you in another anthology of theirs? Or did you not make it?
2: No, I I never went into
1: Ah. it. Oh, you never did? Oh, okay. um,
2: No, because I don't do poetry often.
1: I think it's exciting because this is a a different side of you. Everybody would be like, you know, what? Jean Victoria Norlock, spiritual author. What is she doing writing erotic prose? What is, what? What are you talking about? She's an author, people. She's a, also, an, a fine artist and a, and 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 several other things, but one of her main forms of art is writing. And so, why would you think that the only thing that she'd write... but yeah? So I don't I don't understand why anybody would think that she would only have one dimension as a writer. She's got lots of things she does as a writer. She even tries a little poetry now and again. Not
2: I do, I do do poetry. Um, and I, well, I think that I think that all of us are multidimensional. And I think that it's high time we stopped hiding it. I think it's high time we stopped hiding behind this bunnies and rainbows and fluffy hoo-hoos. Um, we're all human beings. We all have um need to express. Many of us have a need to express passionately in multiple different ways. And um, one of the things that can be said about, about human nature is that our capacity for love is infinite. So... That being said, why can't we write about why can't we be spiritual beings, spiritual whatevers, and write about these expressions of passionate love? Mm-hmm. Just makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, well, it makes sense to me too. I mean, you know, because there's long been, and and uh, we won't we won't test Jack's patience too far, but we've long been, you know, all about this. Well, the, there's your spiritual life and your physical life, and Nary the twain shall meet. That's just ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. (laughs) If we're spiritual beings having a human experience, then by definition, anything that we do is spiritual. In fact, anything that happens is spiritual. Because, but that's why in you know ancient Hebrew and several other ancient languages, where they talked a lot about your soul and your stuff, they didn't have separate terms for spiritual and physical. It was just life. This is your spiritual life, this is your physical life. It. this is your work life. this is your fun life, this is your family life no it 's just life it 's just all different parts uh of life and
2: um and that 's it i wish I wish that people wouldn 't label me a spiritual author because, um, really i'm i 'm a life author. I write about life. I talk on the radio show about life um all of it, not just the bunnies and rainbows and the flowery because that's a lie um you know so you know let's just it's life and that is spiritual and that is spirit it's life end of story yeah stitch the labels and get on with living and and have fun doing it as far as i'm concerned and and then we don't have to care anymore and just get on with being who we are
1: right instead of trying we are Instead of trying to decide, now, can I say this because, you know, I have a reputation as a, oh, please.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I had that hang up for a long time. I'm over it. And I, all I, do I can too. see is good things to come. Yeah. All I can see is good things to come because life much fun now. So there it is. Um, speaking of fun, let's have some fun. Fun, with fun. With our guest. Yes. Fun, fun.
1: So. With us today, as as once promised when we were still doing live radio, uh, we have the success guy, Jack Zufeldt. How are you, Jack?
4: Good morning. I'm happy. Excellent. I love happy. I'm happy for lots of reasons, and one of them is I get to be on your show. That's cool. We really appreciate
2: you taking time. We're happy, too. Absolutely absolutely so we'll get right to it so that we can get talking because i want to talk to you because i missed the chance last time Um, jack who on earth are you and what do you do
4: who on earth am i (laughs) i'm one of the happiest guys on this earth because i am doing the things i love to do and teach others how to do that as well i'm happily married man of 38 years I have a family and grandkids. My life is working, and I don't mean as in working at a job. My life is operating at a high level, and so that authorizes me to be able to show other people how to operate at that level, which is why I wrote a book that became a bestseller called The DNA of Success. It's now in 15 languages. It's been gotten me on about 2,000 radio and television talk shows. So I'm very pleased that I've been blessed with the ability to not only be happy, but help billions of other people do that too.
2: That's a pretty damn good reason to be happy. Helping other people be happy, I think. Don't you think, Rick?
4: That's
1: one of my favorite things.
2: Helping yeah, other people be happy. Totally. Totally. And and I I I love that this is. We're going to talk about this because we brought you on as the success guy. But I'd love to post you as the success guy turns happy because you're the happy guy. You, you've used the word success once, but you've used the word happy so many times. And isn't that the key to freaking success is happiness. First, you got to get happy. You got to love life. You got to love doing. You have to be passionate. You have to be engaged. You have to be enthusiastic in order to be successful, but the key to that is happy. And I love that you use the word so much.
4: Well, it's what it is about, and I do separate out the word success from happy, because I know people that, in fact, we all do this, are successful at things, like successful at studying for and passing a test, but they did not enjoy that. It was not a happy time, it was a have-to they did not like it until I helped them get the right paradigm. One of my mentors was a guy named Stephen Covey. He wrote a book called Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. And in that book, he's allowed me to use his quote. And he says, if you want to make small incremental improvements, change your behavior. But if you want to make quantum leaps an improvement, and quantum is both large and instantaneous. He says, if you want to make quantum leaps an improvement, change your paradigm. And a paradigm is the way you see something. So if somebody thinks that two and two is five, they're never going to get the right answer. If they think that it's this is what you got to do or that's what you got to do be, to be happy or to be successful, like take drugs, they're going to be unhappy because it's the wrong formula. It does not work. The recipe will not work.
1: Or the so I
4: go around the world teaching people the truth. My main mentor said, if you know the truth, It'll set you free. So I teach the truth about what it takes to achieve a high level of joy, ha- harmony, peace, happiness, and success. Because if you're doing those things, you are successful. And it's made me kind Absolutely. of a contrarian. I, I I found out that a lot of people are saying, finally, somebody's telling me why all the things I've been doing isn't or hasn't worked, isn't working or hasn't worked. And so I come out... It, And telling the whole world why those things that they've been taught longer than I've been alive, the things they've been taught to do to be successful, they did them, as did I, and aren't successful, aren't happy, even though they did those things. So they want to know why is it that that you're successful and I'm not, or why is it that you became successful when you did not do any of those things? So that's what launched my speaking career.
1: Yeah, because it, it, it's a really great fit for the way we started today with, um, you know, talking about Jane being a uh, an author and artist with multiple dimensions is, at least when I was growing up, success was wrapped up in a job. And it, it nary was anything else mentioned when they were discussing success. And as if we were worker bees that had no other part of our life. Um, and, um, and, or maybe when we turn 65, we could have some other parts of life, but work, work, work. You, you don't like it. It's too bad. It's a good job. Work, work, work. And, um, and, 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 and that's part of this paradigm thing you're talking about, about changing the way you look at things is that, that maybe is a very poor definition for success.
4: Yeah, and work is not a bad thing as long as you love it or when you do the work, you're going to get something you love. For example, Mickey, you mentioned about planting a a garden. Well, there's work involved in creating that and your joy comes from not maybe tilling the soil, but from what comes from it. So what I've learned is a lot of people work really A lot of people work really hard on things, and when they find out the end result, they're still not happy because they may have gotten their J-O-B. They may have retired, but they're not happy. They don't enjoy it. They hate their job. Eighty percent of the people out there wish they didn't have the job they have. They want something else. But they, for 40 or 60 hours a week, go do it. One guy told me this, Jack, if you could show me, now he's, this guy was a Ph.D., had an engineering degree. And he said, Jack, I know what I... I'm as good as you can get in my field. I know what to do. But he said, it's not fun. I don't want to do it anymore. Help.
3: It's
2: super scary to me that there are that many people out there who are not content in their work. And that's part of the reason why we do the show and part of the reason why we talk so much about following your passion um, and I want to touch on what you talked about with the vegetables. When when I planted the vegetables, you know, I wasn't thinking about the work involved in planting the vegetables. I was really thinking about being able to to watch the pro- progress of them growing and seeing how they would do and, and you know, to care for them and, and see what would come of it so I wasn't thinking about the work or the effort. It's the same thing with the studio I'm building right now. I'm learning to do a whole bunch of new stuff. Like um, I learned how to seal windows this week. I've never done that in my life, but, and yeah, it's physical work, especially since there's, I think we counted something like 60 windows or something in this little room. (laughs) So it's a huge job, but I see the vision of the studio as complete. So I'm, on that, you know what I mean? And that's something that's certainly for me. And so it's a joy to be able to do it. So I'm finding, you know, I'm putting real effort into it. I'm learning how to do it properly, how to, how to you know, lay a proper bead and 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 use the tools that I've been given at, to the best of my ability because I'm enthusiastic about the outcome.
4: Here's the phrase that I use to describe that. There are have-tos to get to want-tos. You know, if you want to lose weight, there are things you have to do. If you want to get in shape, there you have to exercise. If you want a black belt in karate, you have to work out. You have to practice an hour or more a day. There are have-tos to get to want-tos. So many people are doing the have-tos to get what they don't want. In other words, they well, let me change that. They're not doing the have-tos to get because they like them. They're doing the have-tos to sort of give them something else, for example, they work 40 to 60 hours a week, like this one guy said to me, I work a job I hate, Jack you're telling me I can follow my passion follow my heart, and if I do it'll unleash the conquering force within me, and I'll be able to have whatever I want, and I said yes, he said well that's a lie, this is at a live seminar he's speaking loudly to 500 people through a microphone saying, well it's a lie at least for me, and I said well what do you mean, he said I hate my job But I go every day. So I had him come to the state so I could show people how truth frees people and I didn't argue with him. I said, So why do you go to your job? He says, Well I gotta eat and gotta take care of my family. Oh, so you've chosen to do something you don't like to take care of your family and feed your family and do you know take care of your life? He said, Yeah. Well why don't you learn how to do something you do like that'll give you that? And you know what he did? He started to cry. He broke down, and I don't mean boo-hooing, but he could see tears running down his face. And then he said quietly into the microphone, I'd give anything. If I could do that, please help me. Well, I did help him. A year and a half later, he he was working for himself as an independent, and he no longer had to punch somebody's time clock, and he was happy.
2: It's scary. It's scary. But that's why we we have this show here, so we can come out, like Rick in Costa Rica, and say, I took that leap of faith, and I'm happy. And that's what we're going to get to your backstory, because you talked about the fact that you weren't always this way. You didn't always think this way. You know, my story, I didn't – I worked as a waitress for 20 years, not writing, not painting, not – but now I'm painting, I'm writing, I'm doing the radio show. I'm happy, And I'm still providing, I'm still okay, I'm not starving, you know, so, and I think that's important that people come on the show and talk about that, and people, more people talk about it, and more and more people talk about it, because the more people out there hear that you can take that leap of faith and not be afraid, and that it will lead you to the right place, and, you know. It's just they're scared, and I understand that, because I was scared too, <laughs> you know, I was well, I terrified.
4: Think, I don't know that they're, how scared they are, because what I've learned that fear is there because of ignorance. They don't know how, so they're scared to do something they don't know how to do. But if a master comes along, an expert, and says, if you want to get from here to there, I'll show you. Their fear is reduced dramatically, because they have confidence in their ability to learn. So they lean on the master. That's, I have a whole chapter in my book, Dedicated to finding and how do you interact with mentors because those kinds of people who have been successful at whatever are the ones you should learn from. And if you want what they are or what they've accomplished, then they're the ones that should be teaching you. I dislike it immensely for people to try to teach someone that which they have not done. There are so many fake people out there representing themselves as business coaches or life coaches or marriage coaches for example this is, and they're by the way the end result of that it's and they're not qualified they just went and got a degree or they went and got a a little bit of experience but they're not qualified there is a woman out there who's written five best selling books on relationships there's a guy out there who wrote one of the hottest selling books ever and both of and this is a book on relationships if i told you the name of it you would it would blow your mind it has something to do with mars and venus and both of them have been married and divorced five times. The fifth marriage was to each other, and that one didn't work. And they're going around the world teaching people how to have happy marriages. I have a problem with that. Amen, brother. (laughs) I do, too.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's where it comes up to the individual to... to, um... Being wise enough to discern between who is standing on their truth and who is just out to make a buck, and and or, I think people are getting smarter about that. I think they're being more aware because of things like the internet. It's very hard, very hard nowadays to hide anything from your readers. Well,
4: you know I'm what I mean? People are getting more involved. A lot of people being, I'm finding there's still a lot of people being misled and led astray, no matter what's on the internet, they get sold. They hear a great speaker, teacher, trainer on stage. They buy whatever he or she's selling and end up with two things happening. The, all the things they bought, whether it's my you know, book CDs or whatever, and they go home and collect dust. They don't listen to them or read them, let alone apply them, or they hire that person and pay them huge sums of money and do not apply what they're paying for. Because they were sold a bill of goods. That's that's happening right now every day. I am kind of like, not kind of, I'm very much against that and a contrarian. I'm telling the people, wake up. You want to become a black belt in karate? Do not ask a blue belt how to do that. <laughs> he, he can't teach you. And do not hire him to teach you to be a black belt. He can get you to maybe blue belt, but that's it. So, the way my whole career got started is I have a background that says I should not be successful at all. I barely got out of high school. The teachers told me they passed me to get rid of me. I was raised on the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. I was the only white boy in my high school class. The rest were Navajo Indians, and they did not like me because of the color of my skin. And so, I was pre- I experienced prejudice in a way that most white people don't experience, and I hated school so much, I never went to college. I thought, if I, this is so bad, why would I pay for this experience? So I didn't go to college <laughs> a day in my life. I had no self esteem at all. I was told I was stupid and I had grades to prove it. And the teachers told me so. And so no self esteem and certainly no money. And at age 27, all that changed. I thought I was going to be a a blue-collar worker for the rest of my life. There's nothing wrong with that, but I never thought I'd be what I am now or would be an influence worldwide on success because my background says I should not be successful. So when I tell the world that and I say, I don't care where you are today, I only care about one thing, and I don't even care what you've experienced in the past. What I care about is where do you want to go? And here's the biggest problem I have found that my book and audio program has changed the lives of millions of people around the world. And it is this 97% of the people out there cannot accurately identify what they want with all their heart. Like, where do you want to go? They go, uh, I'm not sure. I think I'd like to do this. I think I'd like to do this a while ago, Nikki, you said the word, the phrase, follow your passion. Well, that's not a new concept. Follow your heart, do what you love, follow your passion. That's a concept everybody has embraced, but here's what they don't have going for them, and this is what made me kind of popular. They don't know how to figure out what their passion is. Example, there was a woman who said to me, and I demonstrate on stage in a way that no other speaker on this planet does. I'll speak, teach the concepts that we're going to go over in this call today, and then I'll say, would you like to see it work? And of course, everybody says, yes, I can actually demonstrate it. So I asked for volunteers. And three or four people from a stage will volunteer. I mean, will come up on the stage and volunteer to let me walk them through the process. And 100% of the time, they, when asked this question, cannot answer it. And I've already taught them how to do it. And it looks like this. What would you like to have on a scale from one to a hundred? A hundred is what you want with all your heart. What would you like to have that's a hundred on the scale? I call that a core desire a desire that pierces you to the very core of your being. And, they, and I've already talked to, them, talked to them about it, and so they should know. And they answer me wrong. Here's a good example. This woman was about 45 years old, and she said when I asked, what would you like to have that you're not getting, that's a 100 on the scale, instant answer was financial independence. I turned to the audience and asked them to measure that, because I taught them how to measure it. On a scale from 1 to 100, if it's 50, that's half-hearted. Half-hearted doesn't cut it in anything. If it's 70, you'll get 70% of the way there, but you'll run into a barrier that's at 71 or higher, and it will stop you permanently. If it's 90 on the scale, you'll get 90% of the way there, but the barrier at 91, and there are barriers and obstacles between where you are and where you want to be on everything. You have There are things that get in the way. So you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get over them, around them, uh, destroy the barrier, so you can get what you want. So this woman knew that it was supposed to be 100, and she said, financial independence. I turned to the audience, asked them if they thought it was 100, and we all said, no, that's not 100. We could tell by her emotional reaction in her answer. And all she said was financial independence. But we could tell. So she said, that's stupid. Of course I want financial independence. Who wouldn't? She went right into her head like so many do because it's logical to think that you want financial independence, so don't argue with me. Well, I didn't argue. I have two questions that I ask people, and these two will give you the answer to these the most important questions in success in your life. The first question is, what would you like to have that you're not getting? In any area of life, I don't care, it applies to every area, she said financial independence. Rather than argue with her about it not being a core desire, I said, if you had financial independence, what would that give you? That's the second question. If you had that, what would it give you? And it's I call it the drill question, the drill down to the core desire. Well, she answered again instantly, oh, I'd travel. I just love to travel. Really? I turned to the audience. I said, now measure that. Is that 100? And we all said no. She said, Jack, this is a faulty premise. I love to travel. You don't know me. I do need and want financial independence, and I do love traveling. I, I just want to see the whole world. So she's now arguing with me about what she wants. I then asked the drill question again. Well, if you could travel the way you want, what would that give you that you're not getting? This time, she didn't answer instantly. She looked up at the ceiling for about 15 seconds, dead silence, thinking. And and if you're on stage and there's 500 people in the audience, 15 seconds of silence seems like an eternity. So when she thought for a few seconds, she had the answer, and she said quietly into the microphone, peace. I turned to the audience, I said, measure that. We all said it is closer to a 100, but it's still not there, and it's higher than the others for sure because of the emotional response that was in that one word. By the way, if anybody wants peace, that, uh, the conclusion I draw is they don't have it, so there's something missing. So I asked the drill question again. If you could have peace in your life, what would that give you that you're not getting? This time she looked at the floor. Instead of up, she looked down. I've noticed that when people are thinking, looking into their head for answers, they look up. If they're looking down into their heart where the feelings are, they look at the floor. Anyway, she looked down, and for 15 seconds again of silence, when she looked up, she was crying, tears running down her cheeks. And she said, I'd be getting along with my husband. I turned to the audience and asked asked them to measure that. And we all said that's 100. So instead of talking to her about finances or how to travel and all the joys of travel or even about how do you get peace, I focused 100% on what we discovered as one of her core desires was, was her husband and her relationship. So I asked a bunch of questions about that real quickly because I promised I can give answers and give direction. Once you know what you want, the only thing you have now to do is find out how, what you've got to do to get it. So I said, you've got three choices. Leave it the way it is, change it, or get out. Pick one, and I'll tell you what you need to do. If you want to get out, get a lawyer. If you want to leave it the way it is, you don't need me. But if you want to change it, you need some help. Because obviously, for right. the last five years, you're stuck. So she said, he's a good guy. He's not a drug addict. He's not an alcoholic. He's not abusive. We just don't get along. We argue about everything. In fact, I'd rather go to work, and I resent, I resist coming home because... All I know, I know we're just going to fight. I said, what if I could show you how to change that? And she said, it'd be a miracle. Well, let, let me talk to him. She said, he won't talk to you. We've spent thousands of dollars on psychologists and psychiatrists and family relation experts. And we're not spending any more money. We don't have any faith in them. And we've tried everything. And I said, no, you haven't tried everything. She said, Jack, we've tried everything. Trust me. I said, you have not. She said, well, how the hell can you say that? You don't know us. I said, because you haven't tried me. And all of a sudden, she had no more argument. I said, here's what I want you to do. Go home and say this to your husband. And I gave her two sentences to say. And she said, oh, he'll just get mad. I said, well, now you have a choice to make, don't you? You either listen to me or you don't. It's your choice. If you listen, I can promise you results different than what you've been getting. She says, Oh, all right. It was an all day seminar. That was about 11 o'clock in the morning. So I sent her out. She didn't, I said, Don't come back until you've had that experience. So we all go to lunch. And about an hour after lunch, I see her come back in, in at the back of the room. So I called her up on stage immediately. Jane, what happened? Tell us what went on with your husband and you. How'd it go? And she's grinning from ear to ear. She said, it's a miracle. He didn't get mad like I thought he would. In fact, when I told him what you said, he started to cry too. And for the first time in five years, he held me. And we just sat on the couch for an hour and talked and cried. He, she said, it's a miracle. I said, well, now you know, that if you know the truth, it'll set you free. Now, jump ahead six months. I called her to follow up to see what's different, if anything. Did it stick? I asked her if she's financially independent yet. and She said, no, but we've got enough. How about peace? Do you have peace in your life? I mean, sorry, do you travel? She says, have you started traveling yet? Because those were two of her core desires, she said. She says, oh, I still love to travel, but we don't have the money to do that right now, and I'm not going anywhere without my husband. Well, how about peace? Do you have that? She said, I didn't know this kind of peace existed. I am at peace. I am so in love with my husband now. Thank you, Jack. Well, I can only take a little bit of credit in teaching her how to think differently and act differently. She gets all the credit for applying it. My job is to teach somebody how to do and be, and their job is to apply it. If they apply it, they get 98% of the the credit for making it happen. Uh, I found out a long time ago... It's not the teacher that matters. It's the student. I've seen students, students listen to great teachers, including me, and not apply what they were taught. And then I've seen students who are so hungry for growth, for change, that whatever I said or whatever any teacher teaches them, if they're hungry for that, they change and make huge quantum leaps in their life. A big example of that is a professor who came to me. This is two different stories that are opposite each other. Okay, hold on,
2: though. Hold on. Before you get, Jack, before you get into another story about about some of the people that you've helped, I want to know how you got involved with this. I want to know Jack's backstory, Like how you briefly went over that when you were a young man, something happened to you and it changed your life. What happened to you? That's the juicy. That's what we want to hear.
4: Well, my paradigm... What was,
2: happened to create... Yeah, what created that shift in paradigm? Because that's important to understand. That is
4: important. It's, the re, it's what I teach around the world, because if it happened to me, it could happen to anybody. So what happened was I was stuck in a finite ability to earn income and I stuck in an ability to make things happen, and I was not happy. I was just going through life, and I got married, and I'm trying to take care of my family and my wife, made three times more money than I did when I married her. She was a systems engineer for IBM. And when we had our first child, she decided she wanted to be home full-time mom. So all of a sudden, all that income's gone, and it's now all on me. And I was scared. So I'm praying to God like crazy, help me, help me. And somebody handed me a cassette. And it was a cassette of a guy named Zig Ziglar, who was a speaker. And he taught incredible or taught with stories, and, and I didn't learn what he said. What happened to me was, I want to be like Zig Ziglar. I want to do what he's doing. It wasn't his message that changed me. It was his example of who he was and what he was doing. That pierced me to my soul in a way that I could not avoid or ignore. So here I am going to church in a place where there's I'm I'm one of the poorest people in that in that church, and there was a guy there who was old enough to be my dad, and he was really wealthy. So I asked him if he'd be willing to teach me how to get that kind of lifestyle. I told him, Mister Harris, I want to be just like you. I just don't want to be your age when I get there. Would you show me? I was 28 years old, and he said sure. So I went to his home and for. Weeks, many hours a week, he freely gave to me wisdom and knowledge about his world, which was something I knew nothing about. I'd never even heard the terminologies, the words that he used. It was all about investments. I didn't have two nickels to rub together, so investments should not work. And he said, Jack, I said, I can't do investments. I don't have any money. And he said, Jack, 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 use OPM. Oh, and I thought, OPM? I am not going to do drugs. (laughs) No, no, no. Other people's money. O-P-M. Oh. So he taught me about that, and bottom line is this. He showed me how to raise investment capital, and I began to do that. And I raised subsequently $23 million, and I bought businesses just like he taught me to do and just like he had done for years. Bottom line to that whole story is that I was driven from within by a core desire to take care of my family and to be, like Zig Ziglar was, an influence on this planet. Because I was a nobody, and I really wanted to be a somebody, make a difference. And that drove me to create that. And I made millions of dollars, and while I was making all this money and doing all these business things, People began to ask me to come and tell my secret to success, and that launched a speaking career because I didn't know what my secret was, so I had to figure it out, talk about it, and do seminars and, and speak for companies on that. And I thought, now I'm doing what Zig Ziglar did. Only difference is, is he's thirty years ahead of me and he's famous, and I'm not.
2: So how did you how did you discover what? the secret was i mean so here you're doing this thing that this guy has told you that works and it works but then you have to go back and figure out why it works so that you can show other people what was the process for that because that sounds intriguing
4: well going back to the core or the dna of success that's the name of my book the dna of life dna is the building blocks of life well the dna of success is this one ingredient only one And that is that you want it with all your heart. Now we're back to this 97% of the people can't figure out what they want with all their heart. They can in some areas, but not in all. And those areas that they can, they're getting it or are in the process of getting it but they still are hungry for more. So I come along when somebody said, well, how did you get there in answer to your question? What did you do? I was able to look back at all the things that I tried to do to be successful that did not work, so I gave them up. I threw them out and threw them in the trash. Like, I listened to every speaker out there, and I did goal-setting, affirmations, visualizations. I read self-help books. I attended the motivational seminars. I did all that, and none of my goals happened, There are 465 tiles in my shower. because, And I know that because before I would get out of it, I would say an affirmation that many times for each tile in my shower before I left the shower. And I would step out of that shower, dry off, and within 30 minutes violate that affirmation, which was, by the way, I will not criticize anyone in my family because I was very critical. A man who has no self-esteem like I was Generally, well, one of the ways people who have no self-esteem build themselves up is by putting other people down. And I didn't know I was even doing that. So I became a very critical person. I would criticize everything. My wife, my children, you. It didn't matter. I got so good at criticizing, you didn't even know it was happening. For example, hey, Rick, you want me to show you a better way to do that? That sounds like I'm helping you. But the word better made me above you. Right. Right. I had to learn about that, and I did not want to be critical because and, and, it caused problems. And so I affirmed myself thousands and tens of thousands of times and could not get past it until, and this is the key, the DNA of all success, until I had a reason bigger than my need to be okay. And that reason, especially as it pertained to my wife, was this. I found out that her father was an alcoholic, and he was terrifying to be around and she as a little girl had to play under the kitchen table to be safe and when I heard that it pierced me to my soul and I determined I would never be that kind of man to her and that changed me because I had a heartfelt change a deep feeling inside of me that was bigger than my own needs and from that day forward I was able to stop criticizing. So, the bottom line is, I learned how to be successful and not, (laughs) this is why the people who wrote about me in Success Magazine, they featured an article on me, the owner of Success Magazine interviewed me, and he said, he starts the article with, how dare he? Jack Zufel says, goal setting doesn't work. Well, if goal setting worked, everybody would be skinny, pretty, they'd be in shape, they'd have their house paid for, their car would be the kind of car they want. (laughs) I've listened to, listen, I'm a master of this, so I know I tried goal setting and it did not work for me. So I stopped doing it because all I ended up feeling was something's wrong with me. I never questioned the gurus that told me to do it. I just knew that it wasn't working for me, so I must be the fault. I must be the problem. I must not have what it takes. That's a lie. Here's what I learned is goal setting doesn't work. It's a false premise. Here's what I determined. I did research on it. Eight out of ten things that a person writes down on a goal list will not happen. Two will. So I, found I wanted to know what was there for those two that made that they did get that was not there for the other eight. And it boiled down to this super simple thing. They wanted those two with all their heart. And they would have gotten them whether they wrote it down or not. Like a 16-year-old who wants a driver's license. They never write that down. They never affirm it. They get it. They just go get it. And a car. I know, because I've had 16-year-old kids, and they don't do goal-setting and affirmation. They don't do all that. and They still get a car.
1: They still get it. I like that or some organic. canadian lady that wants, you know, fresh peas what? that are organic we'll but you know, doesn't have fresh peas that are organic in canada are expensive as so all get out and she can't afford that but oh, i can plant them, i can grow them.
3: Okay, here well, we go. All, and it was hard work and the
1: first ones didn't turn out well, but now she's on the path and busting her butt to do it
4: with a smile on her Joy face.
2: Joy in my heart, buddy. Absolutely. Well,
4: We've all heard this phrase: "Where there's a will, there's a way." See, this is not a new concept. What is new that I bring to the table is how do you find out what your hundreds are? How do you find out what it is you're willing to do? Let me give you a silly example. People say to me all, all right, the time,
3: well,
4: hold, on. What?
2: Well, "Hold on, one sec, Jack. Let's take a let's take a quick break, sweetie, because we're at break time. And then when we get back, um, I want to know." How the system works, like how you do what you do, and um, I have a couple of more questions for you. So we've got a good forty-five minutes more to fill. <laughs> cool.
1: And with with great ease, I'm sure. Um,
2: yes, absolutely. Goodness because gracious! I'm intrigued. Well, Some uh, work. Just go get it.
1: Yeah, just go get it.
2: <clears throat> I,
1: you know, this is I'm,
2: this is good good stuff.
1: Dying for a Coke. I just wish I had a Coke. Well, go get it. There's a corner store over there. Go. What? Yeah. What? So, um, I, I, I get on these kicks, I guess. It's not by intention. It's got to
2: be a Jordan. It's got to be a show.
1: It's got to be a Jordan, and it's got to be, uh, yeah. when we run. Because the time when Absolutely. we run is over. Gone. So, Zip, zap. Yeah. No mas. Absolutely. So, um, this will be our dear friend Jordan Okrend, who you can find at Jordan Okrand, A, uh, Okrend, A-O-K-R-E-N-D, com, and uh, with uh, When We Run. And we'll be right back. Stay with us, folks.
3: The moon will shine A new time will begin So the days have passed when we run The days have passed when we run Pick up the gear and do what's so fun, Cause the day
1: back everybody that was our dear friend jordan Okrend, and as i mentioned before the break you can find him at www.jordanokrend. that's o-k-r-e-n-d uh the jordan j-o-r-d-a-n o-k-r-e-n-d.com and as long as we're doing websites we should probably go ahead and uh, mention your website jack uh we always do that at, towards the end of the show but uh for those of you that don't have the patience, you're like, man, I like this guy. sounds like he's telling the truth. i got to go right now. You will find all the information <laughs> you're looking for at www.dnaofsuccess.com. So you've heard it several times through the show. The name of his book is DNA of Success. So that's also the name of the website, dnaofsuccess.com. And um, and we might just have something special for you Um uh, Towards the end of the show, when we review all that stuff again, so, so you got to stay till the end of the show because we got goodies for you. I promise, we got goodies.
2: Yeah, yeah. We like goodies. Gifts from Jack. Yeah. Gifts from Jack coming at the end of the show. Yeah.
4: Lots of goodies.
2: Cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So right before the break. Jack, you were about to share with us some of the um some of the more intricate workings of what this DNA of success is all about.
4: Well it was because like, uh, you said how something you, do that?
0: That,
4: you said something that prompted that thought and I wanted to just develop it so people can see how it's important to have every ingredient of the recipe there. If you want to bake a cake and one of the ingredients is wrong, or not there, the cake's not going to turn out. And you said the word discipline. You know, you've got to have the discipline, you've got to have the willpower, etc. And here's what I've learned. Discipline, everybody knows they have that need to be disciplined. And so they asked me, well, where do you get more discipline if you don't have it? Well, you cannot buy it, nor can I give it to them. So here's what I learned. Discipline comes from the root word, disciple. And a disciple is somebody who willingly follows some regimen or someone like a disciple of Christ or a disciple of Gandhi or a disciple of exercise. Willing is the operative word. They're willing to follow. And that is the DNA of success. If you're not willing, the discipline won't be there. If you are willing, you're a disciple and you will have the discipline to do whatever it takes because you're willing. So let's find out what you're willing to do, where your heart is. And that's where 97% of the people have a challenge. That's why 8 out of 10 things they write down on a piece of paper and call goals don't happen. It's kind of like this. Rick, this is a pop quiz. New Year's resolutions are made to be what? Broken. Everybody knows that everywhere in the world. The reason they are is we're not resolute about them because they're not real. They're not core desires. That's why they're a joke, and that's what most goals look like, and here's what I wanted to, the story I was going to tell before the break. A professor came to me, University of Utah, 45 years old, and he said, I was running a karate studio at that time, teaching his boy, so he came to pick him up, and he said to me, Jack, I want to be a black belt. It's been a goal of mine for 15 years. What is it going to take? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've had a goal on a piece of paper for 15 years and carried it forward like a good little goal setter is taught to do every year for 15 years and haven't even bothered to find out what it takes, it's not a core desire and it's not going to happen. Writing it down on a piece of paper is, does not give any power to it at all. So I told the professor the answer to his question, four and a half years of your life and about an hour of practice every day. Now, even on radio, you can see this. His eyes got big. His mouth dropped open. He was in shock. And then he said these words, I had no idea. I guess I don't want to be a black belt that bad. Well, then take it off your list. And that's what eight out of ten things people write down on a piece of paper look like. They will spend time and money on things they're not going to complete. That's just not necessary. Now, flip the coin over. A 14-year-old boy comes up to me, said the same thing to me the professor said. He's six foot four, two 240 pounds, big kid, not fat, just big. And he says, Mr. Zufeld, I want to be a black belt just like you. What's it going to take? And I told him, five and a half years and two hours of practice, because you see, he was crippled. And when he was born, his feet were turned out left and right, facing east and west and he was, they were not facing forward like you and me, and he walked like a penguin. He could not run. He, he was teased mercilessly by his, his friends. At the age of nine, they went and they did a a, um, a massive surgery, cut both of his femurs, turned his feet forward, reattached all the ligaments, all the muscles, and put him in a body cast for nine months. Well, when he got out of that, he had to learn to walk all over again. This boy was so uncoordinated, he could not do a simple front kick, Without falling to his hands and knees. Not just, he had to be leaning against the wall or against somebody with his hand on something, or he could not do a simple kick. That's not black belt material. So I told him five and a half years of your life and two hours of practice every day. His response was very different than the professor's. He said, Is that all? When can I start? Now, everybody can say that. And I love that you really didn't need.
2: tell him no. I love that you what didn't you tell said? him no. That's the I love that you didn't tell him no. That he, oh. he wouldn't be able to do it. I love well, that I, have, I love I, that you that, gave him you a lot of work and dedication, brother, but you can do it.
4: Yeah, kind of, thank you for seeing that. You know? <clears throat> so very jump
2: important.
4: ahead jump ahead five years, he was the state champion. He went from no way on God's earth he could be a black belt. To the number one black belt in the state of Utah, and now he's 45 years old. And every year on his birthday, where he got his black belt, he calls me just to talk and say thanks. He's taught about 75 other people to be black belts now. Now, what's the difference between him and the professor? Well, simply this the professor could have done that too, but he didn't want to badly enough. He didn't want it. That's what the DNA success is. you got to want it with all your heart, not three-quarters of your heart, not even 90% of your heart, and writing it on a piece of paper does not make it happen. If it did, like I said earlier, and you started laughing, Nikki, everybody would be skinny, everybody have their house paid for, everybody would be rich and or have the kind of car they want, and they'd be in shape, and, and they'd be getting along with their kids, and they wouldn't have any trouble with their kids.
1: And, and all those sorts of things Go many of us have written down more than once
2: <laughs> i'm only i'm only laughing jack because if my life has proven one thing to me and i can stand here and say what does that make me a master it's i i would never use the word because i've got so much more to learn and it's cool but sitting where i'm sitting right now with the life that i am living i can definitively say that the only success I have ever had has been in, in doing the things that I am truly passionate about doing. Every other single thing I've ever tried to do that I was not in love with the idea of, failed.
4: Well, I, so I know what think. you're talking
2: about. is true. It's true.
4: <laughs> and the only thing I did not like what you said about what you said, Nikki, is that you're not a master. You said that. And I think what you just said makes you a master at happiness you were not an author uh, you know you you're good at what you did to get where you are so you mastered that part of your life anyone should listen to you about how you went that route and what did you do so they could get what you got maybe not the exact thing but they get the happiness that you have that's what I do around the world. Say, look and listen. If Jack can do it and Rick can do it and Nicky can do it, so can you. And it isn't going to be through all the motivational speakers out there. <laughs> guys, I ask my audiences all over the world, have you heard one of those guys lately? And they all raise, raise your hand if you heard one. And in the last year or two, and almost always everybody raises their hands. I'll run down into the audience like Phil Donahue used to do, and I'll put a microphone to people's mouths and ask this question. How long did you stay motivated? Guess what the answers are? Two days, two weeks, till I got out of the parking lot to the end of the cassette or CD. In other words, I don't care how good the motivational speaker was, if they don't want to apply what he taught, it's like going to a good movie. You can laugh, you can cry, you can say, that's a great movie, you ought to go see it. But it doesn't change your life. Totally. Totally. So I I have no problem with great speakers and teachers because I am one. But I do have a problem trying to believe, make people believe that it's a motivation from an outside source that will make you successful. In fact, Zig Ziglar used to say this all the time, and I would refute it. He'd say, "It's like taking a shower. You don't, you know, you don't take a shower every day, too. Well, the shower doesn't go inside you." that it's not like taking a shower every day. Listening to motivational stuff every day will not make you successful if it's not a core desire. If it is a core desire, you will not be stopped. But if it isn't, you can listen to those guys all day long. And I have a guy who, I wrote about him in my book, and it's only a short, maybe half page, but he gave me pages. He spent $150,000 on self-help programs and never succeeded until he read my book and he said that changed everything that guy made movies he caught the batmobile in these movies i mean he had all kinds of cool stories whereas before all he did was spend money trying to figure out how to be happy and be successful until he got the truth from me he didn't make it happen
1: well i'm telling you if the money and the things and the trappings and the because I've had graph paper and notebooks and wish books and whiteboards and just, yeah yeah I got, I've,
3: I've 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 had
1: thrown away more of that kind of stuff than I care to even think about. That makes me
4: chuckle. <laughs> well, here's a fig. Big and it's one. funny about-
3: because I've here's
2: here's the thing, guys. Here's what's funny about this whole thing is I'm I'm laughing because I have been given those. Over and over and over, you gotta listen to these CDs. You gotta listen, and people keep giving them to me, giving them to me, and I, I've never listened to a one of them. A one of them. The closest I've ever gotten is Abraham Hicks videos, and um, I read The Secret, but it felt wrong.
4: It was. It is wrong. <laughs> but that's another. That's another interview altogether. But here's something I want to challenge you to think about. So Let's see if this applies to Nikki. Nikki, what if I told you, here's a CD that's 15 minutes long, and if you listen to that, it will show you how to get fresh vegetables in 48 hours instead of 48 days? Well, if it's 15 minutes, I might listen to it. <laughs> Do you remember? I only yeah. picking up on how much you loved the vegetables. What was those brick yeah. that you were teaching her about that she liked so much? Those oh peas, organic peas. Peas, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it? Was, what if I had just said peas, and you can get them in twenty four hours instead of twenty four days or two weeks? I now would you listen down. to a CD? Taking the
2: time, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because okay. I freaking love peas. Love them. All
4: right, now that's what we have to do. So what I just did with you, Nick, you find and listen to and hear about a core desire of yours has to happens to be green or peas, and I made up a little story about what if I could show you how to get them easier and quicker than others, but you got to listen to a CD first. You said, well, absolutely. Whereas right before that, you said, I don't even want to listen to them. I people keep giving me CDs, and I just I don't want to. You have but to because have a it's reason, only fifteen minutes. <laughs> I noticed that. I also said that for a reason. So finding people's you know. core desires causes them to react just like you did. Absolutely, yeah, I'll do that.
2: Yeah, for sure. What's fifteen a, minutes to a, get peace faster. Absolutely. I might even try it. Five years is two out. hours
1: a day. Yeah, five years, two hours a day. When can I start?
2: No, not so much. <laughs>
1: no, no, I'm talking about the black belt guy, <laughs> the black belt kid.
2: Yeah, no, and I'm saying, I'm saying, but there's there's the comparison that he's trying to that he's trying to make the example of. If you told me five years at four hours a day to get fresh peas, that's not going to happen.
1: Don't he, agree. These are not a hundred on your list.
4: Well, they are, but you see, that if you told me that in five years, two hours a day, that I'd be able to be financially totally financially free and could go do what else I wanted in the world, I'd say, what the heck can I do to make that happen? And by the way, that's what I did, because that's what that man taught me, because that's what he did. Now, let's go on to some other things that don't work, and we talked a little bit about affirmations and how they did not work for me, so I lead out with this statement. Ladies and gentlemen... Do you like to be lied to? Let me just ask you guys, Rick, Nikki, do you like to be lied to? Absolutely not.
2: Not overly fond of it. No.
4: Of course not. I knew the answer was going to be that. Well, nobody likes to be lied to, so why is it okay for you to lie to you? And that looks like you said earlier, Rick. You're standing in front of a mirror and saying, a lie. I weigh 125 pounds when you weigh 175. My house is free and clear. When you're not, I'm happy. When you're not, they they preach this concept that the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie, so program it by affirmations. And I'm saying this. I don't know if the subconscious knows truth or not, so let's assume it is so. But I do know this. My conscious mind knows if I'm lying. So if I say I make $10,000 a month and I don't, my conscious mind's very clear that I'm lying through my teeth. My subconscious mind might be stupid <laughs> enough to listen to it, but my conscious mind's going, You are one big liar. Don't lie. So tell the truth. Affirmations, if they worked, there would be no problems with teenagers. Everybody would have the job they want, and they'd be the right, they'd be the certain weight, they'd be in shape. There'd be no problems because affirmation is one of the easiest things in the world to do. I am happy. I am happy. I am happy. And yet, I have te- seen people say that. I have a happy marriage. I have a happy marriage. And they, six months later, file for divorce. I know two people that did that. They tried affirmation, goal setting, and they did all these expert things and then filed for divorce.
2: Yep. Yep. Did it, actually. But... I was- I've been there, personally, been there with the got to try everything, got to save the marriage, got to blah, blah, blah. We're happy. It's fine. We're meant for each other. We'll make it work. Yeah, not so much. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> I'm happy was, I, now,
2: though. And I, I, think, I have a perfect relationship now.
1: I think it's it's perfect one of the things that, that sticks out for me there is expert, this expert thing. And it goes back to you were talking about some experts in particular some quote unquote experts in particular that write about something but that they've never been able to do that that that's not an expert to me you know the guy that might be unable to read and write but can take a hammer and pound a piece of hot iron until it looks like artwork or looks like a horseshoe even that guy
4: is an expert doing that cuz i can see him do it but he's also an expert at how to deal with not being able to make money because in these other ways, so he decided to follow his heart and be an artist. Right. And, and 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 that to me is,
1: even if it's not somebody you know, you can read a book about someone who became successful if they've written how they did it. Uh, but again, you it's got to be somebody that's telling their story of how they did it. I mean, that before the break the the story that you told and, and how powerful that story was is because you lived it. You know for beyond a shadow of a doubt, conscious mind, subconscious mind, counterconscious mind, I don't know mind. I don't mind. Um
3: <laughs>
1: because you you know, you've lived it and, and and it there's something to that you know, well The reason I know how to tell you how to do this is I've been down that road. I've done that wrong way before, and I know what happens when you do that. But go ahead and try if you like. Real experts will tell you all the time. Go ahead. Try. You know, I
4: can teach anybody, and I do this. There's a lot of people who want to have a career like I do as a speaker. They either want their career as a speaking person to be at my level, or they want to launch one. And so I tell them I can show you how to to do what I do and function at my level within 90 to 120 days, and I can do it in one day. And that's because I am a master at it, and I can download from my brain to your brain in one day everything you need to do and be to make it happen, and it'll take you 90 to 120 days to implement it. If you're interested, I can show you how to do that. Well, I've had dozen people in the last two years come and do that, and two of them implemented. And they're making serious money as speakers, and the others, I have no idea where they went. They, they just they spent the money with me, but they didn't apply it. My, my knowledge was perfect for don't, all don't, of them. Same don't thing. feel bad, because they don't know where they went either. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> go where they said they wanted to go, and spent a lot of money on it to do it, but they never implemented it. It's not because they're stupid. And here's one thing I want to clear. I want all your audience to get this loud and clear. Eliminate this phrase from your from your words. Do not say justa. I'm just a wife. I'm just a waitress. I'm just a carpenter. Justa. Do not say that anymore. Say this.
3: Absolutely. I am a human
4: being. I can learn. Now the question is not can you learn, but what do you want to learn? Now we we always come back to what do you want? You know that. That applies to the self-help book industry. I ask people all over the world and my audiences, how many of you got at least one of those self-help books in your library? And everybody will raise their hand. Keep your hand up if you got five, 10, 20, 30. And and it usually ends around 200, but except for in Australia, there was three people that had 500 or more. One woman had 1,500. And I ask, why are you in my seminar? (laughs) How many self-help books does it take? I ask this question, have you, those who've raised your hand, you got a self-help book library, have you got Think and Grow Rich in that library? And almost every hand goes up. That's one of the best-selling books of all time. It's an awesome book. So I ask them, keep your hand, or I tell them, keep your hands up if you're rich. All hands go down. So I say, okay, you have that book, you've read it, Think and Grow Rich, so I guess only the think part happened, the Grow Rich didn't happen. So either you're stupid or the book's faulty. And I, you know, they don't know how to handle that because they don't think of themselves as stupid. And then the book must be faulty. But no, it can't be faulty. Well, then what is it? So I clear the air with them right up front. And I'm going to do this with your listeners. Are you smart enough to learn what someone's willing to listen? I mean, excuse me, willing to teach you? And everybody says yes to that. Well, okay, so you're not stupid then the book is faulty. I know that's a lie because I know two women who became extremely wealthy because of that book, at least that's what they say, and one of them is famous, Mary Kay of Mary Kay Cosmetics. She, by the way, has endorsed me. She said that book is why she became what she is, a $5 billion company called Mary Kay Cosmetics. And another woman that's not famous, but she used to be a single mom eating out of living, in the 60s and 70s and read that book and went on to be in 4 years the number one the first woman on the million dollar round table in both real estate and insurance in the state of Utah and she became very wealthy. Wow. And she said that book did it for her. So I know the book has merit. So the the book has merit. It's not it's not faulty and it's not wrong and you're not stupid. Then what's missing? Bottom line is, they didn't want to apply what was in the book. Now, we always come back to the DNA of success, which is core desires. If they're not there, I don't care how good the book is. My book's a great book. I'll be walking on stage with my book, and I'll I'll ask that, that question. How many books does it take? And everybody thinks, well, just one, you know, mine. That's what they expect me to say, and I would be lying if I said that. My book won't make you successful either if you don't apply what's in it. The first three chapters I guarantee you will show you how to figure out your core desires. I hope you all get the book and listen or learn that and I'll give it to you. Oh by oh that's one of the freebies. Never mind. Oh, Rick will tell you yeah, later. Sorry. I want everybody to get clear on how to figure out what they want because that flips on the switch to the power that God gave all of us to make things happen. I call that power the conquering force. You can conquer every barrier, every obstacle in your way, because you have that power within you to do, have, or become whatever you want. That's a given. The question is, where the heck is the switch? And the switch is core <laughs> desire.
1: That's uh, true because it it there at at almost any. Uh, goal there's going to be some challenges along the way, perhaps you could call them uh problems difficulties or that that sounds so negative but but really, you know it climbing Mount Everest can really be difficult it's got its challenges, but the view from the top is awesome, and so the people that want that view or the ability to plant that flag or whatever it is bad enough, they get up there one way or another and or die trying, I guess if you did that but The same is true about any and everything that I've ever done. I mean, Gene, we decided we'd have a radio show. We kind of fell into it almost. But then we had to learn how to do websites and logos and then how do you post a radio show and what do you do? And, oh, now we're going to do a podcast. And how do you do, oh, my goodness, what do you, I don't, what's a podcast anyway? Is that, that's a new fishing lure, isn't it? The podcast, you throw it out there. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
4: No, that's the podcast. Show one time, and I was interviewed by a guy, and I said, "How did you get your own TV show?" And because I said I want one, and he told me how he got a TV show, and within six weeks, I had my own TV show here in Denver for two years. (laughs) Just like (laughs) you just said, you did. Yeah. So you just
1: you just but when you're in there because you and you have your eyes on this on this prize on this you know okay, I don't really want to dig in the dirt, but I want fresh peas. Okay. So while you're digging in the dirt, you don't think digging in dirt, you think peas. And, um, and the same thing with our radio show, the same thing with anything, uh, halfway successful that I've done in my life is it, it, it there's stuff that you got to figure out how to do or how to get through or, or even just the discipline to do the two hours a day of practice for five years. But You do that with a smile on your face because you know where you're going and you want to be there. You want to be there where you're going, like you said, wholeheartedly, not just, um, you know, because we didn't have any earthly idea we wanted to do a radio show and be radio hosts and talk to people from all over the planet and tell them that they're awesome, but I wouldn't wouldn't give it up for nothing.
4: (laughs) You know, you're right about how it doesn't matter how hard it is. I remember in karate – I've had every one of my fingers broken. My nose has been broken four times. I entered a tournament with a broken wrist. My toes have all been broken or jammed, and I've been kicked in places I don't ever want to get kicked again. And I still got into the to the fracas. I still started, kept fighting because I wanted it. Pain doesn't stop you if you want it bad enough. Others in the same studio got hurt once, and they said, this isn't worth it, and they went home and stopped. But those of us who had a core desire to be black belts or fighters, we hung in there. And it's not because we are tougher than anybody else. It's because we want it so bad that we're willing to endure the trouble, the struggle, the pain, the expense, the risk. It doesn't matter. Like climbing Everest, you said, it doesn't matter how risky it is or expensive. If you want it bad enough, you're going to do it. If you don't want it bad enough, you might get halfway up Everest and still have some of the risk, all the expense and none of the joy of reaching the top. That's right. I want that to change for everybody, because you can reach the top in any arena of life, and I've identified six areas of life, family, financial, social, physical, financial, spiritual. There's six areas of life, and we have core desires in all of them. So you can be highly successful busy as all get out getting your life the way you want it to be but you're happy because you're getting what you want in all six areas of life at the same time maybe not day to day and maybe not even week to week but certainly month to month that's called balanced living by the way you said something about the word problems rick you said uh, i don't want to sound negative negative. I want to show you how the world out there teaches false doctrine, and I come along and shine a bright light on the truth, and they go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the motivational speakers come out and said, don't call problems problems anymore, because that's negative. What would they tell us to call them? Challenges. challenges. Call them challenges. And then somebody got, went one step further and said, no, no, let's don't even call them that, because that's negative. Let's call them opportunities. And, Mike, I come along and say, well, let's just deal with the truth. The truth is it's a problem that presents a challenge, and with it comes a huge opportunity if I can solve it. It's all free.
3: Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Because I I know we've had some
1: some serious problems along the way trying to get to where we are. (laughs) Let's see.
4: Absolutely. We need
1: to do this, and we don't have the equipment. Oh, that's a problem. Okay. Well last well, time I run it
4: it was raining and you couldn't even interview me because of the Costa Rican rainforest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it now it's not
4: just a challenge. It stopped
1: this. That was a problem. But now, now yeah, here now here I'm sitting in a bright, beautiful, sunny morning and
4: we're having a a, a lovely time. So Let me read uh, you absolutely. a quote. You guys, this is a, there's quotes, all kinds of quotes. I'm gonna include this. With anybody who gets my audio program, I'll include this paper with it. And it says this. There's probably twenty quotes on it of people that have been around since those well, since people been writing. Listen to this. Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich. He said the starting point of all achievement is desire. Weak desires bring weak results just like a small fire brings small heat. Then he says this when your desires are strong enough, you will appear to possess Superhuman powers to achieve. Wow, that's what core desires are all about, because they give us the ability to deal with any problem, challenge, difficulty, like broken noses and/or broken fingers and broken wrists. I still entered a tournament. I lost, but I got the reputation I wanted that that Jack Zuffel's one tough guy. He might not get you today, but
1: you better be careful because he's he's gonna keep coming. <laughs> Harry,
4: Eric Hoffer quote, he says, intense desires creates not only its own opportunities, but its own talents. You do get better and better if you hang in there, and somebody's teaching you how. That's why it's so important to have a black belt teach you how to be a black belt. So you mean
1: you you can't teach somebody to be successful at everything on the planet? You can really only teach them how to be successful at what they really want.
4: That is correct.
1: Because so many can, of these success guys, you know, I, I show you how to be successful in anything, Yeah, but only if they want it.
4: That is the truest the true statement so far. I don't care how good a black belt I am. If you don't want it, the teacher doesn't matter. It's how bad does the student want it. If you've got a great student and a lousy teacher, the student's still going to go ahead and be a black belt anyway. He'll find somebody else. But if you have a lousy I mean, a great teacher and a lousy student, meaning they're not committed because they don't have a desire to be there, then that teacher doesn't matter how good he is, it's not going to be applied. that person's probably going to quit. I remember teaching a six year old boy karate, and I'm on my knees teaching him because his mommy wanted me to help him become you know do self defense anyway I'm teaching six year old little two and a half foot tall boy, and all of a sudden he drops his hands to his side and he starts crying. I said, What's the matter? I never touched him. He was punching my hands and things like that. And all of a sudden, he just dropped his hands and started crying. And I said, what's the matter? He said, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's crying out loud saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, really? What do you want to do? I want to go play with my friends. So I called Mommy in and I said, Mommy, he's not ready for karate. Take him out to play with his friends. Bring him back next year. And he said, thank you. (laughs) And Mama took him out, and next year he back, Boy, was he a dedicated karate student when he came back. Because now he wanted it. Before, it was what his mommy wanted.
1: Boy, yeah, if that worked, I'd be all kinds of things. Because my mom and dad had lots of ideas of what they
4: wanted.
2: Yeah, to
4: want. Totally. Have you guys heard, <laughs> of a guy named, you've heard of a guy named Rudyard Kipling, right? Yeah, I think he, he wrote a book. He did, and he says this. If you do not get what you want, it is a sign that you did not seriously want it. Duh. Abraham Lincoln said, Always bear in mind that your own resolution or desire to succeed is more important than any other thing. This is not a new concept. What I'm bringing to the table is how do you find out that core desire so that it flips on that conquering force switch for you so that you aren't limited in making things happen and you will appear to have Like Napoleon Hill said, superhuman powers to achieve. Where does that come from? Every human being has that. If you want it, whatever the it is, badly enough. So 97% of the people out there cannot accurately identify what they want with all their heart. And that's a problem. They already understand they should follow their heart, follow their passion. They know that. What is it? Uh, Let me end with this story. This is a true story where this guy's in an audience and he's in a wheelchair and he yells out to me and I had a microphone taken to him. He said, Mr. Zufo, you're telling me that if I identify my core desires and uh, it will unleash my conquering force and I can accomplish whatever I want. I said, that is what I'm teaching you. He said, that's a lie, at least in my life. No offense, sir. So I had him brought to the stage. Four guys lifted him up on a four foot high stage in his wheelchair And I knelt down beside him and asked him, why do you say it's a lie? What would you like to have that you're not getting? He says, I want to play pro football. He's paralyzed from the waist down. You know, the audience is expecting me to go, rise and walk. Well, I'm not that good. (laughs) (laughs) So I talked to him about football. Why do you like football? Well, it turns out, and by the way, the guy was about 28 or 29 years old. It turns out in high school, he was a master quarterback. So good that he was given, he was written up in papers and breaking records and And given five scholarships, he picks one and he does it again there. And he was being scouted out by the pros. He was an incredible football player. But he gets in a car accident at age 22 and it breaks. He's back and that's all over. Now, I'm kneeling by him on the stage and I said, what if I could show you how to have all of those feelings that you had in high school and in college where you were written up in the paper, where girls thought you were awesome and you were popular and you were making things Happened. What if I could show you how to have all that again, only this time without a football? What he did next shocked the audience and me. His head dropped to his chest, and he began to sob uncontrollably. And I mean the kind where racking sobs out loud, he could not speak. And it took him about a minute and a half, two minutes to recover so he could at least talk. And then he said, if you could show me how to do that, I'd be eternally grateful. Well, I'd had all of those feelings before, and I didn't do it with a football. So my paradigm was, I know how to do that without a football. So I began to show him how on stage how he could do things differently. Now, fast forward, in Colorado, I don't think it's everywhere in the country. On this, in the Sunday paper, an insert called Parade Magazine. On the front cover of Parade Magazine was a picture of five people rappelling down a cliff, and I mean a really high cliff. One of them had a wheelchair attached to him. It was this guy. He's written up in the papers. He's in his wheelchair. I don't even know how he got up there, let alone how do you get that first step off the edge. I don't know how he did all that. But it was amazing. And by the way, he ends up meeting a woman, marries her, and children. His life, other than football, was now rich and rewarding. And he claims that it's because he learned from me about what his core desire was. And it wasn't football. It was all the feelings he had that he got while playing football. And I just showed him another way to get those things. Changed it forever.
2: It makes so much sense. So logical. I mean, really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think... Makes sense. I think that's true for so many people. They can incorrectly identify a thing when it's how they feel about it
4: or how it makes them feel. I just signed a contract with a woman who's getting a percentage of my business because of her skill level in copywriting. And she said, Jack, in order for me to write this, and she's record, I mean, award-winning – She said, in order for me to write about you and get the world aware of you from my perspective, I've got to experience you. So show me what you can do. Do it to me. This was last week or two weeks ago. So I said, what would you like to have that you're not getting? Those two questions just don't change. And she said, well, what I'd like to have is be able to spend more time with my family. She's got three little kids and a husband and pretty good marriage. And I said, that's not 100. She said, it is too. I said, no, it isn't. What would you... If you were getting along with your family, what would that give you that you don't have? And she, We're on Skype, so I can see her face. And she looks up, then she looks down, and then she wipes away a, a tear that's trying to come down her cheek. And she said, I want a closer relationship with my husband. Oh, so we're not talking family now. We're talking husband. She said, yes. Okay, so tell me what you what you would like that to look like. And she describes... Things Okay, do this, and that will give you that. And she said, it's amazing because I was going at the whole family thing and was trying to figure out how to do family things, which she was going to do anyway. But she said, what I really wanted was to be able to be with my husband. And I never, ever knew that. I never said that. I want intense time with him, from him, and because of him, where I feel from him that I'm the best thing that ever happened to him. That's what I want to feel. And she said, I never... New guy until I, you pulled it out of me. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth will set you free, so we've got to help you figure out what the truth is about what you really want, show you how to identify it, then the second thing that has to be done is the easy part. Find a teacher, trainer, mentor, class, course, book, a radio show like this show with Rick and Nikki, that will show you how to get it, whatever it is. I don't care if it's being a better parent. I don't care if it's improving your sales ability, building your the business, relationships, it doesn't matter. Somebody out there knows how to do it. Make sure they've been successful at it though and then ask them for help. Either hire them or ask them for help. And I can tell you this, I've helped lots of people as my mentors have helped me at no cost. It's just my philosophy that God gave me the power to help people, the knowledge and the wisdom and experiences and I can't say to somebody, and Rick, please forgive me for saying this, but I think you'll appreciate it because I think you kind of come from this show I cannot say to somebody I will only help you if you have money that just goes against everything I believe in I have to help people because I can and because they need it and if they ask for it I can't say no I do have to limit my time a little bit because I can't put in 40 hours a week doing that but I won't say to somebody no you don't have enough money that's wrong
1: we'll find a way where there's a will, there's a way, I believe you said earlier. And it's absolutely true. And the will, as you've expertly pointed out, comes mostly from the desire. And Because uh, well, if you have the desire, you will. And if you don't have the desire, you won't. That's just that. It's kind of simple, really, when you get down well, to the it. The
4: only thing that changes that, Rick, is if somebody, and this is where I have stopped my ability to help somebody I cannot help a drug addict or an alcoholic or a schizophrenic, somebody who has mental challenges that I'm not skilled to help with but if somebody has given their ability to make choices up to some substance like drugs or alcohol I can help them because they are no longer in control and don't have choices because those things control them but if they don't have that problem what I teach is the truth and it fits with what my main mentor taught which is if you know the truth and embrace it it will set you free free to become and do whatever you want. And Nikki, bless your heart, the way you describe your life is what everybody should ex- be experiencing in their life. <laughs> it may not look like yours exactly, but they would be able to say the same thing about, I've got what I want, I'm happy.
2: Yeah, I, I've been sitting here listening to you, this whole show, pondering, okay, if he asked me that question, what would I say? And I'd come up with answers, and every time I'd go, no, because i it's not. I think, I think I can sit here and say today that right now in this moment, I have everything I need for this moment. And that is a very powerful thing.
4: That is so awesome. So thanks for that, that, that be
2: Jack, wonderful. because I had not had that epiphany until you came on the show. And so I can now say I... And I am of success at happiness.
3: Wow! So yes,
2: I've mastered that's, happiness. That's
1: huge. That is huge. Huge.
3: It that's
1: is huge. <laughs> Life-changing, kind of huge. So we we want to be sure that all of our listeners have the opportunity to uh, have that same sort of a, a, um, a an epiphany, a change, a um, um, change in the way they look at things. Um, so, and, and we are paradigm just about out of shift. time. Yeah, paradigm shift. Shift your paradigm. And we're not talking about two coins. Um, So, um, yeah, well, I I miss my little drum button. I really do. Um, And um, we've already mentioned your website at www.dnaofsuccess.com. Very easy to remember, title of the book. We've said it a bunch of times during the show. Make a note, people. DNAofSuccess.com, and of course it'll be on the archive of the show um, for you to just click click on. But if they go there, you have this audio program, and I understand that it's uh, regularly one hundred and twenty nine dollars.
3: That is correct.
1: CD. But, but that you have a uh, you have a little uh, well, you let the cat out of the bag a little about one of the gifts. But let's talk about what they can. Um, how do they go there? What do they do
4: to be able to get okay. this, uh, 10 CDs? To... Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. If they go to the DNA of com site, you'll see an audio program for sale there, as well as my book, get my audio program. It's on sale for $99. If you do that, I will see the order come through and I will give instructions to the people fulfilling the orders to give you two gifts. One of them is my best-selling book that's in 15 languages, The DNA of Success. I'll give it to you. And the other one is Nine Reports for Your Success. It's a booklet that I put together. There are nine reports in it that I wrote, and they are $14.95 each. So it's $134.55 in value. I will include that as an additional gift to you because I want Rick's all of Rick's listeners to get this message and all the things I have to offer big time. So, buy my, my audio pro- program get the nine reports on my best selling book as additional free bonuses. And do
1: they need a coupon code? Do they need to put a note? Do they just order and and you'll know that we sent them.
4: It would be cool if they said your name. Yeah, that would, that would be great. Better.
1: So, remember ah, to put there in your in your notes to the uh to the seller or that sort of stuff that uh, you heard about all this on Everyday Connection, and you want to get connected to the kind of fire that you've heard about today, because uh, because it's true. I I didn't learn it for a long time because I chose to want a lot of things that people told me I wanted or should want or ought to want or if I had a brain I would want, and all kinds of other ways of putting it. And um, uh, and, and 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 then finally after some forty-five years of muddling about, I gave that up. And uh, now I have a successful uh, radio show, transitioning to a podcast. Uh, I live in Costa Rica with the monkeys because I've always been a bit of a monkey's uncle. And it really was not, you know, how would you do that? What, gosh, I don't even know. I'd have to, like, go back and replay radio shows to figure out how I did that. Because it it's I seemed, documented
2: how I did it.
1: It seems easy.
2: It's in my book.
1: It seems easy, but... It only seems easy because I was willing to do whatever it took. and um, Because it was a core desire. You documented yeah. it. Yeah. You it
2: documented was... it, though, Rick. It's there for the public. It's in our radio shows. That's right. It's that free progression of how you got from from there to here is in the radio shows.
1: Yeah. How in I the I got archives. From where I could barely get up out of bed or chair to trumpson around Costa Rica chasing my dog when she goes off chasing lizards and monkeys and things. She had not chased any monkeys yet, but she's been chasing coati. That's not safe. But but she
4: found a skunk the other night, though. She was successful in that. <laughs> hey, hey, Rick, you know, you said something really powerful. When you said all your friends and people were telling you you ought to do this, and if you had a brain, you'd be doing that, and you need, and you should, and you ought to. Well, I've proven that need-tos and should twos and ought-tos don't have enough power to make it happen. You ought to do this. You need to do that. It's not enough. If you want to do it, then you will make it happen. And you just said that's what happened to you. That's right.
1: And Absolutely. it just took a long time for me to get onto that, and I, I stumbled on it. And our listeners have the opportunity to learn from a master how to identify that and get moving on it. And let me, no matter what, five years, two hours a day, no matter what's involved, you'll be happy doing it because... I, I can tell you, because I've done it, and it just is. And it does maybe counterintuitive or counterlogical or counter what they've taught you in school, but it is how it's worked for me and everybody else I've ever talked to. So, um, And Mickey, both yeah, of you have absolutely. done it. Yeah. And, and, and so me. So, Strongly suggest you get right on over there to DNA of Success and check it out. And, uh, and, of course, our longtime listeners know this is the part of the show when we usually talk about who's coming. And uh, I can tell you this, we have lots of fantastic folks coming. Uh, every show we do turns out to just be amazing. Uh, we have this great executive producer that schedules people for us. and um, So we do. We have fantastic stuff coming, but how are you going to know now that we don't know exactly because we don't record things pr- precisely in order? Well, the best way to do that is to get on over to everydayconnection.me because it's all about me, no matter which one of us me's is reading it, and... Sign up for our mailing list. It's right there, top of the right-hand column. Sign up for our mailing list. Uh, you go to Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Uh Like our page, and be sure that you sign up for the updates there, uh, because sometimes it doesn't come on your news, line, news Uh So, again, the best way is to get on our mailing list. I promise we'll never give your email address away to anybody, and uh, we'll not rent it to anybody, sell it to anybody, borrow it yet. not that Texas bury it. can I bury oh. it? uh bury it, yeah, we're not gonna do that either and um, uh, and we won't hound you with ten thousand emails. uh I'll be doing good to get one out every two weeks um on top of all the other things that we're doing but uh it's it's really important now, so I promise I'll get on it and uh, I'll learn that <laughs> too cause it's just part of what it's it, it's just part of what lets me get on and do this, which is I, this is the this is the yummy for me is to hear people's story of yeah you're right it looked pretty crummy but then wow and um so i really want to appreciate you know show my appreciation to you jack for coming joining us today sharing your time your talent your treasure um amazing stories really powerful stuff and yeah,
2: um and very powerful
1: i hope everybody goes over there thank and thank
4: you check very much out. it's been a pleasure you guys are awesome oh thank
2: you <sighs>
1: Say hey, Jack. Oh, you just tell people you're pretty
3: awesome I'm, too.
1: Of course, I'm Awesome people just look at me and they go, Oh no, wait, that's not it, is it?" Oh, <clears throat>
2: no drum. Where's the padump? No drum. Yeah.
1: Alrighty, so uh, I guess join us again next time, folks. But uh, until then,
2: to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected.
1: Thanks, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.